0: Hello and welcome to busy nation Takko Rokudo This is the 64th episode My name is Abhishek And joining me on the call on the other line is Akilesh Hi Aki, how are you doing?
1: Good evening, Abhishek. I'm doing really nice.
0: And this week we are going to be talking something which is close to our hearts, that is Achilles and mine and a lot of cricket lovers around because it's about cricket, the business of it, which is the biggest business, that is the IPL. And Pepsi has bagged the contract for the next five years ending 2017 by paying twice as much as what DLF had paid last time around. They're paying... Close to 400 crore rupees in an installment of about 80 crores each year to BCCI, which already is one of the richest sports bodies in the world. And they beat Airtel to it. Airtel had offered 300 odd crore rupees and uh, that wasn't
1: enough. 316 crores to be precise. And yeah, that wasn't enough for Bharti Airtel but i think it's good that Bharti Airtel has saved 316 <laughs> i don't think they would be ruining it at all
0: imagine this comes at a time when people complain of too much cricket look at bcci being on the negotiation table they had the audacity of asking dlf to pay four times as much as they had paid last time and mandavli hua and negotiations hua and in the end pepsi paid just twice as much and again according to a few reports one of them which goes by one company called brand finance they are in the business of calculating brand values of companies and they say ipl's current brand value is at 2.92 billion dollars which is far less than what it was in 2010 it was 4.13 billion the trp ratings which is what we generally go for you know to talk about the popularity of any tv show they have fallen from 4.81 uh, in the first edition to 3.27 in the fifth one number of advertisers have fallen from 66 in the fourth season to 58 in the fifth which will only go down in the next one and there was a time when setmax which is the official broadcasting channel that sold out all of its 100% ad inventories in all the seasons and in season 5 they could only sell 80% then you had the the controversy surrounding the kochi tuskers and deccan chargers which is owned by deccan chronicle it's almost going through a bankruptcy like time and they've had to take lots of loans to get themselves out of trouble given these times pepsi has i think bcci has pulled off a coup what do you think man
1: well yeah and i don't know whether bcci has a reason to worry but they have to be vigilant surely the youth of india today is not restricted to cricket anymore as it was in our time
0: our time yes yeah
1: uh, we're getting old so we are into 30s already so our time speak means, for you know,
0: yourself my friend
1: Okay, okay. I am...
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'll get I am there soon. Two, I'm almost two there, a few years, months away.
1: I am two years plus 30. Not getting into the age factor, but yeah. When I was young, see at 11, when I was 11, the only game that I really, really knew was cricket. I used to play cricket, eat cricket, breathe cricket, but now it is not so. People are interested in Formula 1, people are interested in in football, people are interested in athletics, people are interested in badminton. India doing really well in badminton, so competition for cricket has... Increased multi-fold, and uh, lawn tennis also comes up as a major competition for cricket. So the only thing is whether these sports do make for entertaining viewing, and uh, how much entertaining viewing as per cricket test match. As we can see, definitely the entertainment value has gone down. But so far as IPL T20 is concerned, I think the marketing bit of IPL it's absolutely hammered inside your psychology. that you have to watch this IPL, as if if you are not watching IPL, then you're going to miss something. And I think Pepsi is banking on that kind of ideology. And they say that they have associated with cricket for the last 20 years. They are focusing that this cricket euphoria is not going to die down from the data of the past 20 years that they have been doing it, in India at least, and uh, that it will continue. Though definitely cricket fatigue has set in, and if I consider myself also as an audience of cricket, I never saw any IPL match last, last season, not even a single one. And I remember the time in IPL 1, we, all our college friends went to the stadium and we sat thanks to our dear friend Harry in the, in the, in the next to commentary box. And I think now I don't know what to watch IPL for. Stars, I do not affiliate to any team. <laughs> Second, there are no stars to watch anymore. Given
0: this situation then, why do you think Pepsi went for it? In fact, their recent advertisements had the tagline which said change the game and they had football or I think they tried to have an IPL like format for football which they were contemplating and there were a few jokes on Twitter which said that was it just about changing the format for Pepsi when they got into IPL and you mentioned about interests in other sports like badminton. In IPL style, badminton tournament is in the works and it will be called very unimaginative, un, very unimaginatively, is there a word? Uh, called Indian Badminton League. After Saina Nehwal won the bronze, the popularity has improved and it, it's good to know that they are also matching the IPL with a hefty price of $1 million, $50,000 $50, for icon players, just like you have in IPL and 3.5 crore for the winning franchise. And it will be held in uh, six cities out of the eight, which is uh, Delhi, Nagpur, Pune, Mumbai, Lucknow, Chennai, Hyderabad, and Bangalore between June 24th and July 11th, 2013. 18 days, and it already has players like Nehwal, Jwala Gupta, Ashwini, Ponappa, and uh, Kashyap. So yes, the interest is divided in more than one sport, and uh, who knows, Pepsi might end up Uh, You know, sponsoring more than one league
1: And I tell you, I saw badminton It's not a boring sport to watch on TV It
0: isn't, but I think one of the reasons Why they haven't had enough backers in badminton Or following is that The game lasts not more than 40 or 45 minutes It's a best of three game And it's, it's a very, very tiring sport If you've played it, you know it You can't stand there for 15 minutes if you're not fit so it's a tiring sport and people want to watch a game which lasts at least an hour and a half or if Nadal and Djokovic are playing about five hours like it happened in the Australian Open last year. But it's, it's too short a game for people to hold interest in.
1: I just couldn't believe when you told me that lawn tennis is less tiring than badminton. I couldn't believe that. On surface of it, it looks like lawn tennis takes life out of you and <laughs> badminton looks very simple in comparison to right. lawn tennis the count the amount of court coverage that is required in lawn tennis is enormous but i think the strength that you need to put the shuttlecock away is more than you need to put the uh, the ball of lawn tennis away i think that's where the difference in strength and difference in agility lies you bet so going back
0: to pepsi best of luck to them with this particular edition because they've done it before back in 1996 when cricket was just in its infancy as a glamorous sport they've taken this little dig at Coca-Cola if you remember Coca-Cola advertised itself as the official sponsor of the World Cup and Pepsi walked in with the line which said nothing official about it it became a marketing case study in ambush marketing and all of that so they've done that before and again when India lost the 2007 World Cup in the first round uh, Pepsi had backed all the cricketers before the World Cup leading up to the day that you know India is going to get the World Cup and all of that and when events once India lost they came up with a witty ad which had ad. players do you remember that they had players yeah, yeah, uh, 14 do. to 16 years old and they go to a tailor and get themselves uh, shirts and trousers which are two sizes bigger than what their size currently was and and the reason was agla world cup hum so that was the ha. whole whole theme around it so they've tried to back a team when it wasn't doing too well or they started doing it when cricket was just getting glamorous and this is another time when cricket like Kendulkar is at its peak uh, as in, in terms of boredom.
1: Yeah, but, and uh, the way India played against England, the second test <laughs> match, insisting that they want a spinner, spinners track. I am yeah. not sure how good Indian team is if they are crumbling down on from Ashley Giles and Monty Panesar.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it was Jeffrey Boycott who once said, my mom or my grandmother can bowl better than Ashley Giles.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, no, not Ashley Giles, this time it's grand. This time so it's, so, yeah,
0: this time it's Swan, so um, but... Yeah. yeah, Swan is much. I mean, Swan is probably the best spinner according to the statistics. I think he was the highest wicket
1: taker last year. But the amount of turn that Monty Panesar was getting was also quite nail biting. Which I, have, I saw a few highlights by chance, and yeah. they really did well. And I'm very happy for England to square the series for, for the time being.
0: Yes, the third match will happen at Eden Gardens. We will talk about it hopefully on Indycast. Moving ahead, uh, Kilesh, uh, we are talking about. We've been talking about recession quite a bit. For the last two podcasts about the Eurozone crisis and the fiscal cliff and double-dip recession and all of that, in the midst of this, Porsche or Porsche, however you pronounce it, the car has been selling record numbers in India. In October, it sold 117 cars in India. And how big is it? Well, it had sold 312 cars in whole of 2011. And it clocked the highest figures in October. So, given these times, India is doing pretty well there.
1: Absolutely. And uh, India is famous for crony capitalism. You know, people who have money, they can buy entire poor showrooms, (laughs) like Ponti Chadda. 6,000, 10,000 crores business. He has made it from some selling pakodas outside liquor shop. And we have many Ponti Chaddas in India. You so I don't mind, I don't see any reason that uh, Porsche sold 117 cars.
0: No, not just the super expensive cars. In fact, the car sales generally in India, they grew the fastest in the past 19 months in October. Of course, it, you had Diwali and Dhanteras and, you know, it, it was a festive time. But there was a growth of 23% from a year back, according to Society of Indian Automobile Manufacturers. We are talking about the general middle class, which buys cars on loans.
1: More information about Porsche. This car is of Porsche Carrera 911, which is powered by a six-cylinder 3.8-litre engine, 400 HP power and can accelerate from 0 to 100 kilometers per hour in 4.3 seconds. So, all car lovers should be going after Porsche Carrera 911.
0: Carrara hai ji. Carrera, hai. Carrara. I don't even know if you are if pronouncing it right. What is important is that it costs 1.33 crore rupees, which is a lot of
1: money and why would you want to spend on earth 1.33 of course if you are <laughs> pondicherry you have 10000 crores <laughs> in your kitty 1.33 crores kya point but say a person like us and we so, so we make a fortune for example mm-hmm. of whatsoever and we can afford 1.33 crores, but why would i
0: buy a what car what would you
1: do I will buy a
0: house. Exactly, man. That is the difference between a Monty Chadda and a middle class guy. You give one crore, he'll go and buy a house and not book himself a seat on Virgin Galactic. Of course, it will cost you a few more crores than that. But you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. And even if I become Monty Chadda, I will still find a method that... Hmm. It's not
0: just you, there are millions of Indians all around the world who are doing just that by repatriating their income back home in India and they're doing it more than they did before. So instead of going for an expensive car or a house abroad, they would rather have more money parked back home for many reasons. According to the recent World Bank report, India is expected to be the biggest recipient of remittances from its diaspora in two thousand and twelve and it totals to seventy billion dollars. China comes second with sixty six billion. It's it's good news for banks, you know, Achilles, because banks charge a percentage. They charge a good 3 to 6% on these transfers.
1: Banks are always promoting NRE, NRO accounts. Yeah. Whenever you go to a bank, you will see some brand. NRE account, kholiye, NRO account. What high net worth individual hai? Please come <laughs> <humare> to <paas aie.
0: laughs> Exactly. But given all this, there is a company in UK called TransferWise. What it does is, imagine you, you are in London, let's say key and you mm-hmm. want to deposit 100 pounds worth of rupees to your mom in India. Now, mm-hmm. what would a bank do? It will wire that money to your mom in India and charge you 6% of that sum. What Transferwise does is it will find someone in India like me who wants to deposit 8,000 rupees, let's say, which is about 100 pounds to my uncle living in London. So, okay. it will pair it off. So, basically, instead of Delivering the money from here to London, it will deposit £100 from your account to my uncle's account in London. And I will have to pay 8000 rupees from my account to your mom in India. It's the same thing. Hmm. And Hmm. it will charge only £1 for every £300 of transfer. It gets the middleman out of the picture. It basically charges you a fraction of what the banks do. It's started by two Estonians. Does Western Money Union Transfer also do the same business? It does the same business, but it doesn't do it in the manner that these guys do. These guys have developed okay. a peer-to-peer model. It's a technology. It's a virtual network where they spot mm. people. So they, you have to open an account with them. They currently have the service in UK yeah. and Europe. And just about two days back, they started this in USA too. It's no surprise because it started by the first employee at Skype using a similar technology of peer-to-peer crowdsourcing funder. And the company is only 17 employees strong. All of them are migrants except one. And it's basically like
1: Havala. If you remember Mm -hmm. the Havala scandal. So I hope it is all legal. It is
0: all legal. The, The founder insists that they have to follow the same norms as all other banks do. And, and uh, all
1: FEMA and FERA and yeah. whatsoever rules no, it's are not, there it's, in It's India.
0: not, it's not come in India yet. It's going to take quite a while and they'll have to tweak mm-hmm. their business model because, you know, in Europe it's easy. It's easy to find enough number of Europeans wiring money back to England and vice versa. It'll be difficult to find people living in India wanting to transfer to their folks in England. It's, there are more migrants than there are expatriates, if you, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so some statistics on the figures that uh, together with NRI deposits, the Indian diaspora has brought in nearly $135 billion this year, which is a huge, huge amount of money, more than GDP of some countries, I, I believe.
0: Yes, so who says there is a whole lot of recession? And by the way, Achilles, we were talking about fiscal cliff last time, right? And we, we spoke about the phrase that was invented. I was listening to a radio program where they said that it was, incidentally, this phrase was used for the first time by Ben Bernanke while addressing a convention. And there was some journalist who caught on to it and quoted Ben Bernanke. So he was he was talking about the impending crisis and bolte, bolte, he just used this word fiscal cliff. In a long, long speech, which n- apparently nobody was listening because everybody was bored, it was the end of that convention. And one very smart and awake journalist put that as a headline and since then it has been used. And the fiscal cliff, just to recap uh, for the listeners, is is about $700 billion of tax that will kick in on the mm. 1st of January if the Congress doesn't do anything about it. This was signed back way back during George Bush's regime saying that they will use the tax money to fix the problem of the huge current account deficit, but apparently right now America isn't, you know, strong enough to bear that burden in one go. So that will have mm. to be postponed. Moving ahead, mm. the last story of the day is about typewriters being called off the shelves in the UK. Mm. That is, mm-hmm. typewriters will now have to rest in peace. There was one last manufacturer <laughs> called, what was his name?
1: Oh, Rexam. Brother Factory in Regsam.
0: They had made 5.9 million typewriters uh, since it had opened back in 1985.
1: Yeah. and Typewriters are not resting in peace. They are evolved into computers. Oh, they yes. Have, <laughs> it's <laughs> an evolution of machines, evolution of human beings. And we discard the old cloth and wear the new one. But the intrinsic inside remains the same.
0: Absolutely. It's been quite a journey back in ni- 1714 the first typewriter was patented and uh, now it rests at a museum
1: yeah. and by so the way they're
0: also used they're also used in prisons where the only approved technological product that prisoners can use is is
1: behavior. a typewriter yeah, so in the factory uh, of Brothers UK, I think they were making 300 to 500 machines a month, mm. accounting for just 0.25% of the company's turnover. So mm. it really isn't worth doing analytics on it. So they said that, okay, fine, we'll grab it.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, those were the topics for this week. Uh, you can log on to theindicars.com and leave your comments there. You can also join us on Facebook and like us there. You can submit topics that you think we can cover follow us on Twitter at Indicast. you can follow me at Abhishek Kumar that's about it from this week
1: bye bye see you guys